That's right. That's right. One. That's true. Right. Amen. So something, something I, I, as we look at that, we do see the world in chaos. And, you know, when Jesus visited his disciples, and Jesus had said, I'm going to give you power. And he told them to tarry and wait, because outside of this promise, there wasn't really other, any other hope. But, and it looked like, if you want to look at it the, back then, it looked like the world was in the clutches of the devil, and it looks like it today. But when you think about if the devil can do so much to persuade men, remember what God did. And he only took, it said he only took 120 and he turned the world upside down. And he's still going to do the same thing through us. What we have to be, what we have to remember though, is when we see that, we have to apply just as much force in our life to finding God so that the power of Jesus can work through our lives. Because there's too many of us in, in churches or kind of in a religious form that are just stuck in it. So let's answer the call of God and be the light to the world in light of that. If anything else, it should provoke us to more, um, how would I say it, a little bit more boldness in Jesus. So I want to share with you this sermon uh, with all my heart. I'm looking forward to it. Prayer is a, a complete circuit. Uh, we've been talking about prayer for a while. Um, last week we talked about the end game for prayer. You guys remember what the end game for prayer is? Can anybody put it in a nutshell for me? Maybe I need to preach that sermon. Let's go ahead and put this one away. We're going to go back to that one. Well, it's online. <laughs> See, we can offer up. <laughs> so the end game of prayer is that it's not the answer that you get. It's that you get to live closer to God. That's the end game. God's answering prayer not to answer prayer. God's answering prayer is not an end in itself. The end for which God is answering our prayers is so that we can get closer to Him. How many of you feel like in your life you've got as close to God as you're ever going to get? I don't see a hand out there. I'm never going to I don't think, unless somebody's deluded in some way, that they're as close to God. The reason why is because He's omnipotent. Is God is greater. He's a, he's, you're going to continue to have this unveiling revelation of God in ways that you never knew. And we're just dealing with this on a human finite perspective. So the end game of prayer is to abide in Jesus. And Jesus said, if you abide in me, you're going to ask what you will, and it will be done. Because out of that abiding relationship, we know God. We ask things that are from His mindset. God isn't going to give to the world something that's not His will. Because God knows He created the world for His own purpose and design. And He's created us with a purpose and a design in mind. And that purpose is to know Him. And so, there's times when people pray and they wonder, why am I not getting an answer to prayer? And I believe one of two things. Either God is trying to draw you with deeper longing to Him. Well, maybe I should say three things. It's not His time. In other words, it's for a time, but it's not time yet. Hold on, it's going to be done in time. Or, in the end, you're not asking to get closer to God. The human element is, is that anything we can do to indulge and get something for me. I want my, my happiness. And there's nothing wrong with wanting your happiness until it becomes the primary and not the secondary. So, Remember, as we pray, we're looking forward to the will of God and pressing in. And as we understand the end game, when you get that, then struggles in life, tragedies that come, and we live through it, and we walk with Jesus through it, and we live closer to God in the end, and even in the middle of it, that was the end game. The end game was to know Him, because you're going to share that with Him for eternity. Uh, answers to prayer. We ask for healing. It's only going to last this life. However long you get it, it's only going to last that long. But what God does in making you closer to Him through it. And so there's something powerful about when I get to pray, when you pray, and I ask God to do something, and I watched Him do it. And there's a powerful inner, uh, tra 
transformation that happens there in the way that I look at God through this. And it becomes a real thing. It's not a church thing. It's not a religion thing. It's not how often you come and go. There's a lot of times when, you know, like we can see, there's empty seats here today, empty of brothers and sisters who want to be here, empty of those who would and can't or whatever the case is. But that's not the end game as to whether you made it to church or not. The end game is, have you, have you gotten closer to Jesus over the last two years, three years? Are you walking closer to Him? So now I want to share something because as I think about this, and this was just my time with the Lord this week, and I was like, there's an end game, but there's also a completion. And what happens is, is a lot of times when we don't think of prayer as like having its own circuit, in other words, certain ways that it works, we might miss it because we don't understand it. We don't get the why this. How is it that you know? I feel like I've talked and I prayed for something, and it's I'm missing the mark. Maybe you're missing the mark somewhere. So an understanding of prayer helps us keep from missing the mark. I am going to give you an illustration. How many of you are good with an illustration? Okay, can I get an amen out there for those who are good for? Good, good. I was like, what am I going to do now? I don't have any. <laughs> I'm going to put a few of these things out here, okay? So the first piece of this is, is that in any household, or like here right now, we have a, an outlet which is going to represent a power source. You guys know where I'm going with this already, don't you? Represents a power source. And you know, if you don't have a power source, it's nothing else that happens after that matters. And, and this is what we're talking about ultimately because essentially... And let me just talk about this wiring. And I, I don't know. I know some very basic stuff. I'm not an electrician, so don't go out and do what I tell you to do and expect it to work. But I think, I think, <laughs> I think I could, I could give you a little bit here. So power source. This would be more representation of a transformer, more than an outlet. But I'm just using an outlet because I just don't happen to have a transfer transformer on hand. Okay. So we have our power source. And we have to come from the power source. And ultimately, we're wanting to get to something like this, like a light. We want it that source of power to begin to energize something else. And so for this illustration, we just have something as simple as a light that we enjoy all the time. You can hang this, but if it's not connected to the power source, it's not going to light up. And so what we wished is that we'd have a direct connection straight to the power source, to the light, without anything in the middle here. And this is the world is missing the part of, the, they're missing the fact that Jesus Christ is a power source to us. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world, right? So we need what comes from Jesus to get inside of us so we can light up the world around us. And you know, I love... I love my brothers and sisters because some of you are an amazing light in the world you're in. You shine bright for Jesus. That's because you're connected to the power source. But we have one other thing that is right in between the power source and the light, and it's the switch. Anybody got an idea what that switch might represent? It's good. Faith. Faith. The reason I say that is because in some, in some sense... We can pray, but not have any faith to it. We're asking God to do a lot of things, but we don't have any faith. And so the problem is this, is the power source exists whether you believe it or not. It was always interesting whenever I was getting ready for to uh, put in the sprinkler system. One thing we took for granted. When I walked onto your property, I believed that there was a water source available that I could tap into. Now, it didn't matter if I believed in it or not, it exists. And that's what I love about what Jesus Christ did on the cross. The Gospel exists in a world full of humanity who says, I walk up to the house and there's no water source. So how many of us are living in kind of the vanity? The world is itself. Or maybe we can look back in our life and I can say, I put in some sprinkler systems, but I never had a source to hook them up to. I had a light that I hooked up. I had a switch that I hooked up, but I never hooked up to a source. And some people have a switch. 
They have a light. But their source is not Jesus. So their faith is in something other than Jesus. Something other than what Jesus said. Or that it's other than the way Jesus intended it. So, you know, there's a lot of people who believe in Jesus in a sense, but they just have no connection to the Word of God. And so out through the Word of God, and maybe we might say this, is that we got to connect all of these somehow, right? we got to get a line from the power source to the switch to the light. And I'm going to save something here for the end because I think this is going to be pretty powerful. Well, if you would do me a favor, just bless me and turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. We're going to get in here. Lord, help me to preach. You know, I, was, I, I caught something the other day. I was listening to something, and they said this, this verse, not this verse, but another verse in the Bible often gets misquoted, and they think that Jesus said, Go ye into all the world and teach all men. And it said, Actually, go and teach them to obey all things. The disconnect oftentimes is is that we've heard it, we just haven't followed through with it. So let's read this part here. I want you to get the picture of the Gospel is the power source, whether it's ever plugged into or not. Whether we get into it or not, this is always there. God has given us something that we never have to worry if it's going to fade away. We never have to worry, like faith oftentimes, is it in the wrong thing? Or we have to worry about whether the light's plugged in or there's some short in the circuit somewhere. But we can say we always know, no matter where a man turns, no matter where the world goes, no matter what, we do have this one fact, and that is the Gospel does exist, whether you believe it or not. Let's read in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. You guys there? For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Basically, for the entire world, right? But I want you to capture there in that verse where it says, for it is the power of God. So some of us have been, maybe it's been our past, or we've been around people, or maybe it's just been us, but we've been the people who believed in the power of God. We just didn't see it through the Gospel. I mean, God is God. There is a God. A lot of people have no affiliation with Jesus whatsoever, believe in God. They just don't believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this piece of it is the essential part of our faith, is if this doesn't exist, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. I want to give you one more verse. John chapter 1, verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 12. Just going to focus on there's a power source. It is available. Amen? There is a power source. It is available. There's something bigger than a uh, an outlet here. But as many as received Him to them, gave He power, capture that word again, gave He power to become the sons of God. You know, He didn't give us the power outside of receiving Him. That's the only place we get it. To become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. So I want you to, for a moment to think about, besides this outlet, think of the, the power, where the power comes from. You know, we think of our dams as producing the power. It's so much bigger than this outlet, right? This outlet is basically for a 110 voltage. It's not talking about amps but it's talking about volts. So we're not talking about voltage in our faith. Sometimes it looks like that's what we're talking about because sometimes I wonder if we've taken the amps, basically the amps is the great power of God, and we've reduced it down to voltage, and that's just the, what, what I've got in my life. But just remember something, that no matter how much of it you've received, that doesn't define how much is actually available. no matter how much you've received, doesn't define how much is available. You know, we read some phenomenal testimonies. I've shared some with you of Smith Wigglesworth, 
some of these men and women of God who have lived close to the Lord. And it was like they just got a little bit closer. They went from the outlet to the breaker box. They worked their way onto the city uh, electrical system and found their way all the way to the dam and the beginning of the source. It's like they just kept getting closer and closer to the power source at its most available its, its origin, right? So when we think of that, I want you to hear this from me. You can get a lot closer to God than where you're at. You don't have to stay where you're at. But if you're not careful, you're going to let some years pass and some time go away, and you're going to miss what God has for you because you got so locked up in 120 when you could have had 220, 240, 440, whatever. And I saw a demonstration of this one time when I was working in Walla Walla. We had a guy that was working for us, and we had a, um, a pedestal crane that was, uh, you could probably just about as high as from the floor to the, the top of that black space there. So we'd climb up to it, and we'd be inside that thing. And I, I'm not going to describe to you the details, but I remember we had this power cord that went right up from into the center of that thing. And we're just, but every now and then get all wound up. And so, like, as if somebody kept going the crane one way and never went back the other way. Well, as a result of that, there was an issue with the electrical in it, and um, it was a 440 power went into it. So it was like two, 220 volts went into that thing. And uh, he'd cut off the line to the power, but what he didn't realize when he had done that was that he'd only cut off one of the 220. He still had 220 going to it. Glad that he only had 220 going to it. And he grabbed his hacksaw and went up in there thinking that it was dead line. And he cut into that and it blew the hacksaw to pieces. And it's a good thing that they stopped there because it could have gotten into him. And it flashed his eyes to where he couldn't hardly see. And what it showed to me is, is that the closer he got to more power, the more, it, more harmful it would have been to him. But it just showed me the difference is power is something to not be played with. And so we have to be careful that we look at it the way God intended it to be. So here we have a power source. We just have to remember that Jesus Christ is our power source. Not the power source for getting our will. Not our power source for just doing things the way man wants them done. Not the power source so we can be happy. But the power source so we can go back to the end game. So that we can know God and the will of God can be done. But we have to have, besides the power source, we have to have the contact. And Jesus had made this so plain that all the power of God still isn't going to move to our life unless we move and we get faith to believe in it. We trust in Jesus. Here's a few verses for you. If you'll turn to, I think you're in John already, so just to move your, uh, to verse chapter 3, verses 15 through 18. John chapter 3, 15 through 18. That whoever believes in Him should not perish. Well, I better let, let you get there. I know, you guys are like looking at the screen. That's alright, but I'm still, letting, I'm still having you turn to your Bibles. Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the only begotten Son of God. Now, sometimes in faith terms, people have a problem with that. They're like, I have a problem with the idea that, that what condemns me is that I don't believe in Jesus. I'm a good person. Right? That's, I think that should be... They have all kinds of issues with that. But if you decided that you were going to hook up a light and you hooked it up to something besides the power source, you wouldn't expect it to deliver. You wouldn't expect it to work. You wouldn't expect it to do anything for you. It'd keep you in the dark. But yet when it comes to our faith, we treat it like it doesn't matter. But it does. And so there's so many times Jesus had to confront his disciples on, and he's like, you have little faith. You have little faith. 
So when Jesus had actually, it was at one of those times is that he was going to go heal, raise a girl from the dead, and when he went and said that she's sleeping, they laughed at him. And what did he do? He sent him out of the room. Get out of here. You're not going to help. And then Jesus raised her from the dead. And we have to understand the faith is not the power source. The faith is not the power source. But we have to have it nevertheless. We need to have the faith. In other words, God has much to transition into our life, but when we do not believe Him, we don't receive. As many as believed, received. Here's another verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 10. How do we get this faith into our life? It says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. And in verse, in verse 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I just want to challenge you as I did last week. The statistics say, uh, reliable statistics, say that 58% of Christians say that they pray at least once a week. When you get that down and you put it into a year, that would be seven 24-hour days in a 365 days out of the year. That's the amount that basically would be prayed if they prayed 30 minutes per day. But then the also the statistics show that we have, on an average of leisure time, in the average American has four and a half hours of leisure time per day. Now, I'm not saying that's what you have. I'm just saying that's on an average of what we see. With that in mind, there's over 1,600 hours of leisure. When you narrow that down, that's a little over two months, full 24-hour days. And you understand this, that the reason why probably some of us are struggling desperately spiritually is because that's the trade-off. That's the trade-off. We, spend, we have these leisure time, and we trade it off for such little prayer time. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the life, the way, the truth. So we begin to see more and more that if the issue is not whether Jesus is good enough, if Jesus is powerful enough, it's that man is not plugging into the source and we're not switching, we're not turning on the switch. There's because and, and how can you? If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and we spend almost no time in it. Almost no time. And that's where faith comes from. That's how we begin to flip the switch. If we spend so little time in the Word of God, no wonder we're not getting there. And the issue is, and, and so then we exchange by trying to do other things. We try to be better people in some other way. So then the last verse here I want to read, and this is just on the contact. Is for unto us was the gospel preached in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So when I knew that a good design would be meaningless, so at one time we did this. It wasn't me, praise the Lord. It wasn't me that did this one. One time we had one of the guys, um, he tapped into the wrong water line. So he didn't tap into the cold, he tapped into the hot. And so when the sprinklers started going off and the hot water came through, all of a sudden you saw the steam coming out of him at the same time. Well, what that shows us is that if we're not careful, we've got all the right setup. Man, I can go in and I could design a sprinkler system to perfection and I hook up to the wrong line. Talk about an embarrassment. But that's the, that's the issue that we have at times is that we're not really hooked up to Jesus. We're not hooked up through His Word. We're hooked up some other way. we got some other path. And really when it gets down to it, it's more neglect than it is anything else. And I say that is because most of us know within, from the framework of our own conscience, we're like, I know I need more from God. Not just I need to give more to God. I need more from Him 
But there's no inlet put. I don't put anything into it. And so in everywhere else in our life, we put into it. And so it becomes a default kind of thing. And what I mean by that is, is that what we find ourselves is, and this is probably especially American culture, but we spend so much time dominated by everything else that we just can't find time for it. But I, I know that when you, when you realize at the end of the road, you'll start looking for those like, okay, at the end of life, I'll start actually concentrating on what mattered. Too late. Let's just not let's not wait till then. Let's do it right now and glean from God what his purpose and design was for life. Well, most of us, we're not living, we're not living to know more or to experience more of, of the power source. That's not and this somewhat is our concern, but that's not so much. What we really want in the end is we want to see this light up. We want our lives lit up. We want something happening in life. But if we're not careful, what we don't do is, we don't make sure it's a full circuit working its way into the light of our life. So we got good deeds, but they don't come from Jesus. We got a lot of things that should be happening, but they're not happening because they're not coming from Jesus. And so Jesus is the source, the power. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we want the light. And Jesus is like, you want the light? Remember to paint the whole picture. So I'm going to do my best here to show you that all of this is a part of the plan of God. When we get into the attitude of prayer, we can't miss the mark either in the source, the switch, or in the light. We've got to make sure that it's all properly connected. Not just theologically in our minds. Yeah, I know that's what it says. It means that our lives have to continually have that. You know, when I get onto somebody's property, when I was doing sprinkler systems, I most of the time had to diagnose problems and then fix the problem. And usually it was a minor problem, but it affected the whole thing. If you get off on your theology, you're going you're gonna to have a problem that's going to affect your prayer life. And it's going to get in the way of your relationship with Jesus. Just like it would be if you were working on a sprinkler system or you are working on an electrical system, it would all be one and the same in that sense. we got to figure out where the problem exists and make sure that we deal with it. Here we have the other pieces. So we have the gospel, believe it or not. Do we have contact? Do we have faith? And then we have, lastly, we have the light. I want to share a few verses on that. In, chap- in John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, if you'll turn there. 1 John. I love the Word of God. This is great. Yeah. Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verse 2. And, and uh, be sure to thank the sound man back there for going through these. I mean, he's, he's got to keep his mind on what I'm doing if he's going he's gonna to keep you guys in business. Amen. So give him a big thanks for you. We appreciate him. Um, so, First John, chapter one, verses six through seven. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Pretty powerful verse. Uh, the next verse. I'm going to actually skip down here in 1 John chapter 5. So that was 1 John chapter 1. This will be 1 John chapter 5, 1 through 3. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, notice that believe there, is born of God. The light comes on. And everyone who loves Him who begat also loves Him who is begotten of Him. That's part of the light in our life. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God, the source. We go back to the source and keep His commandments. And this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. I love this piece is that we keep His commandments. You see this wholeness of picture? You'll find throughout, as you read the Bible, you'll find that there's this emphasis on faith. As if faith were the whole thing. You'll find at times the emphasis is on keeping commandments and obedience as if obedience were the whole thing. 
And why is that? Because if you really think about it, if you read your Bible in a full circuit, you'll realize that it's all one in a whole. That you don't leave off one and it not affect the other. So that when we put it all together, we realize obedience is, is also just as important as having faith. And knowing the Gospel and loving Jesus is important to all of it. It's all vitally important as a whole, as one complete circuit. Let's go to John chapter 14. And it says something very simple. This is John, not 1 John. If you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. Notice he didn't say believe. He just said keep my commandments. Why? Because Jesus already knows in order to keep his commandments, you're going to have to believe in him. Like you're not keeping the commandments without believing. So belief is a part of it. It's already interjected. We suppose that because we know it's a complete circuit that way. And then lastly, 1 John 2, 5-6. through 6. I'm sorry that I sent you to John, and now I'm sending you to 1 John. And I've got Isaac all over the place there, because that's not the order that I gave it. I put it in. So thank you for helping me out. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5-6. through 6. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought also himself, notice this, to walk as he walked. He didn't say to believe as he believed. He said to walk as he walked. Now, again, we're not saying that's not a part of it. It's just that we have to remember that this is important. And, and the reason I say that is because I want, I want to say a lot of, a lot of times this is what, what I think happens. And this is why I'm preaching on this. I think some people think that this has nothing to do with the Christian life. The works, your life, what happens, what you choose to do, how you say, I can all be forgiven anyway, so that's, that's fine. All that matters is that I have faith and I have the Gospel. All that matters is that I have these two. So they've eliminated the, the look of their life. They've eliminated the light of their life. They've eliminated what they've done. And by doing that, what we've done is we've invited all kinds of godlessness into our Christian faith. You can be an adulterer as a Christian. And I mean practicing and living and that is a normal practice of life. You can do anything you want and be a Christian as long as you have faith. That's a perversion and that's not a full circuit. Now, if I'm not careful... I eliminate this altogether, and I say all that matters is you got this. And as long as Jesus did what He did on the cross, and you look right, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're a good enough person, as long as you do a good enough deeds, as long as you come to church often enough, as long as you pay tithes, as long as you whatever. Right? We can just put a thousand fill-in-the-blanks there, and we make it all about certain things. And, and we kind of get stuck in that because there's times in our life where we get into one rut and then we need the Lord to deal with us in another one. So, But when we really get down to it, Jesus essentially, He says, He that lives righteous is righteous. In other words, when you finally see the light there, doesn't that show you that the circuit's been made complete? I love that. So when the circuit is complete, you can pray the will of God. You can pray according to the will of God. But when you start short-circuiting it somewhere, you're, not, you're missing the will of God in your prayer life, and you can't do what Jesus wants you to do. So Jesus, I mean James, he shares with us, he says, you have not because you ask not. So people don't even pray. But then they pray, but they pray to consume upon their own lust. There's a problem right there in this circuit of faith and life. So we make sure that there's a complete circuit. Isaac, you can move on from there to uh, make sure it's a complete circuit. Now, something I didn't share with you at the beginning, but I'm going to share with you now. When you're wiring that, you have a wire. You have two wires. You have one that goes from the power source to the switch to the light. But I didn't tell you what you do with the other one. The other one doesn't go back to the switch. 
The other one goes back to the power source. No, that's the ground. <laughs> that just goes back to the cross. <laughs> so no, it would be a white. We'd call it a neutral wire. Yeah. So, yeah, again, don't go do this at home, please. <laughs> but it doesn't connect back to the switch. And, and why I'm saying that is this. Because a lot of times we're like, we have that word legalism, or basically somebody's trying to merit their salvation. You know what it really ends up being? is that the credit doesn't go back to Jesus. That's where the problem exists. He doesn't get it. And so when we get this full, complete return, what we'll see is this. When God has finished what He's doing and what He's doing in our life, the glory goes back to Him. So the, the faith piece of this is where people get caught up on because we feel like Jesus said... I get access through the switch. You know, so like basically I believe, so that's how I get access to God. So the power's in the access point. But actually the power is in the return point. You start with Jesus, you end with Jesus. That's how we do life. That's how we do life. So when we're saying, oh, what do I need to be doing? I, I have problems with, maybe it's anger. Maybe you have problems with other things in your life and you're like, that. That light keeps flickering on and off. It's not supposed to be doing that. And you're like, what's the problem? You go back to Jesus. You come from Jesus. Every bit of it. It's like, Lord, I'm reading Your Word so that You can reveal what it is that I'm missing through this. And God has a way of helping us troubleshoot our spiritual life so we know where we're at with God. Where we know where we're at. In some of it will be, I've been believing this one thing and I have been so far from the truth. Some people, here's how I'd say is, here's your connection with the Word of God is essential. So, when I've said before, teaching is, read the Bible in context. When you start reading the Bible out of context, you short-circuited somewhere. And when you read the Bible out of context and then you start believing the Bible out of context, you're not going to see the light come on. Or the glory is not going to go back to God. Something's going to be wrong within your Christian life. And then the problem exists because that continues for a certain period of time. And sometimes that's for a very long time because you get disheartened. You're like, I don't know where the Lord is or how to walk with Jesus in life. And I'm broken somewhere. Sometimes, most of the time I see it is there's brokenness in the works of a person. The way that they live their life. They're living their life so dominantly selfish but have so much faith in the Gospel. I don't believe it. I don't believe that the faith is so much so that it doesn't transfer into the way that I, I feel in my heart and the way that I think. So it breaks us up because the reality piece is that if the faith were there, like, Paul, like James says, and this helps connect us, he's like, faith without works is dead. You don't have any kind... There should be something going on up here. Don't you know that? Don't you realize something should look more like Jesus in your life? So your life should look more and more like Jesus. But I have faith. He says, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works, by my light. And Jesus said it too. He said, you're a light set upon a hill. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So I'm not saved by works. No, but the circuit includes it. That's the power. It's there anyhow. It's not. And so when you're thinking about salvation, what we're talking about is salvation is in the power source. Because that's what gives power to meaning to my life. And the faith is what helps me get there. My life is changed as a result of that. The glory goes back to God when it's all said and done. That's salvation. And that keeps happening over and over and over again. I love AC. It's just basically alternating current. Basically, it's going back and forth in your life over and over again. Every new experience, every new relationship, everything you deal with in life has this cycle that's supposed to be happening. But then we've got brokenness somewhere in there, and we've got to deal with it. We've got to see this is a whole thing, not a partial thing. And so most of that brokenness, I think, comes from the viewpoint that one thing's bigger or more important than the other, 
rather than it's all one whole reality. So the gospel unifies the heart and life. That's what we see here. Is faith is the heart thing. My life comes with my faith. We travel together. What I do travels together with what's going on in my heart. Because you can't divide it. This is why there's so much clarity in the Bible on that topic. So then what we would say is, what about Christians who are struggling? Just keep maintaining a focus on Christ, look in His Word, and let the Holy Spirit bring you back to the place He wants you to be. Refresh the repentance side of it. Refresh the faith side of it. Refresh the love to do what's right and live as it be a light into the world. So Jesus, again, now we're going to come back to the circuit comes back to the end game. The end game is Jesus wants us to abide in Him. In John chapter 15, verse 10, it says, Abide in Me. Complete the circuit, right? If you keep My commandments, you will abide in My love. I love that. It's not separate from, it's a part of. Just as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus is like, this has been the circuit of the Godhead from beginning to end, and now I'm giving it to you. The power of prayer flows along the line of the Gospel as it reaches our hearts and into our entire life and ends in the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to, I want you to hear one other thing. How many of you are tired out yet? Because i got one other thing I want to share with you. This is the same true with water as it is with power. And that there's, there's actually a flow. So like in, it, when it's power... You can get more power or more flow, maybe you could say that, through a larger wire. With water, it's easier to demonstrate because what I'm saying is, is that the larger the pipe, the more water flow that I get. So I'm going to explain this in the way that water works, but it is similarly with electricity. That you might wonder, how do I get the pressure, the pressure in my sprinkler system or the pressure in my water faucet, where does that come from? And some of us would think, I get pressure when I put my thumb over the faucet, and then you see it go further. But what you did was increase velocity, you didn't increase pressure. Pressure is maintained right there at that spot. It's the same, it's just the difference in velocity. So where you get flow is two things. One is the size of pipe, but it's also what is on the inside of the pipe. So if you got junk on the inside of the pipe, what we got is what we call resistance. And, and you get resistance in the flow of electricity too. And the more resistance you have, you, you, you reduce the flow, but you reduce the pressure also. So one way we in, uh, increase flow and we can um, continue to preserve pressure is by increasing the size of pipe. Now, there's some of those principles are similar in electricity and power. So here's what I want to tell you. In uh, Luke, I mean in James, he says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What you have to do is re you have to deal with anything that's short-circuiting your walk with Jesus, what you believe, how you behave, how you see Jesus. But you also have to deal with the resistance in your life too. You have to deal with the resistance in your life. So prayer is not just effectual. Prayer is not effectual or powerful when we short circuit the gospel. And it and when you want more amps, more power, you've got to deal with resistance. And so in James chapter 4, verses 6 through 10, it says this. Listen to this. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. You've got to reduce that resistance by getting the pride out of life. But He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. So there's another place of resistance. So we got, we got to give in to God, but we've got to resist the devil. He will flee from you. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy into gloom. That doesn't sound beautiful, but if you know what the end product is, it's worth it. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Now we get some power and amperage into our life. You know, here's the thing. 
You may be praying more for the Holy Spirit. Some of us need to pray more that the Holy Spirit get us to the place where we're humble. Because God's like, I can't use you when you're so proud. I can't work through you when you're so much about you. So this is the resistance God's getting out so there can be more flow into our life. And then lastly, who cares what's going on in the room when the light's on? Here's Ephesians 5.13. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Whatever makes manifest is light. Think about this. This light stays on no matter what happens here. The world can do whatever it's wanting to do. And you're going to stay faithful to Jesus and you're going to be a light within the world. You don't turn on and off because of the way the world operates. You still live for Jesus. You look different. You help highlight what the world needs to know about Jesus. How you behave reflects that. What you believe reflects that. And so re- 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 the reality check is, I don't care what the room is doing when I know that the circuit is right. I don't care what's going on in the room, in a sense. I'm not a part of the world. I'm not loving the world. But one thing I do love is that I get to be a light that exposes the darkness. And believe me, unless we complete the circuit in our life, and we let Jesus have all of our life, you're not a light to the world. You're a mixture of, of what, what looks like light and darkness. You're a mixture within a world who needs to see light on always. So we need to be able to be faithful to Jesus and show that Jesus is, a, is in every aspect of life so that the world can see. For whatever is born of God, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Even our faith. And really what we should say is, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even the object of our faith. The fact that we keep looking to Jesus as the author and the finisher, the beginning and the end. I love this thought. I just want to leave you with that. But as I do, I want to take some time before we go downstairs for the potluck. I want to give you an opportunity to think about life, where you are with Jesus. And I hope that all of us are like, I'm doing good. But if we're struggling somewhere in our life, don't walk away from here or even go down there without spending some time with the Lord and plug back in to flip the switch and spend some time with the Lord so that the light can come on or it can be brighter. I love how the Lord likes to brighten our life on a deeper level. You know, we're not at the end of the game. We're not at the end game here. And what I mean by that is we're abiding in Jesus, but we haven't finished. What God's doing in our life isn't done yet. So I want to encourage you to take what I've shared, the principles of what I've shared, put that into life. Consider what part it might be. Yours might be the Lord, the light in me is just kind of dim. It might be the other part of it is, is Lord, I've been struggling with some faith stuff. And that might be, uh, I've not been reading my word and your word, like, and it's my life source, and I've been missing it. And um, there may be some other complications, but in either sense, I don't want to miss our opportunity here this morning. Isaac, when you're back there here in a second, um, you're just going to go to the music in the back. And I'm going to ask you to respond as the Lord ministers to your heart. We're going to leave the altars open, and I want to share with you something. The altar isn't powerful, but what God does at the altar can be powerful. And what I mean by that is, is the Lord has a way that when we step out and we say, Lord, here I am. I don't have to blend in. I'm not, it's not a pride thing here. Sometimes that's what the altar is for, is to help us just move beyond that. And we let the Lord, here I am, Jesus. And just hear me on that. Just say, Lord, here I'm at. Here am I. I'm not a perfect vessel, but I'm not going to make that excuse for not not letting you have a next place of glory in my life. So come to the altar. Let the Lord minister to your heart. We're going to gonna have the song and the music going, and we're going to keep it that way so you can stay as long as you want. you got to hear my heart on this. We miss a lot of times our moment with God. We really do. And, and I want to I say one other thing. You may have a moment with God that you didn't, you're not feeling like you have a moment with God. You may have a moment with God and you may not know that you miss it. So hear me on this. Take that moment right now, even if it's just a few minutes, and invite the Lord in. And don't miss a time because something else is going on. 
We want you to have fellowship, but we want you to have a touch of the Lord on your life. And what I mean by that isn't that God hasn't already. It's how much more he wants to do. So just let the Lord have some space here. Isaac, uh, after I pray, I'd like for you to start the song. You can come up while I'm praying, or you can stay there. I'm not telling you what you have to do, but I'm just giving you an option. And um, you can do that as I'm praying, or you can do it with the music going either way. But we're not cutting it off because we know that sometimes it takes some time to get some things with the Lord finished or, Lord, whatever you're doing at the moment. Let me pray. Father, thank you for today, Jesus. Lord, I'm thankful for the word from heaven. Jesus, there is a completeness to it, and I I love Jesus'. From verse to verse, we find that truth. So, Lord, let us be the light. Jesus, we want a bright light. God, some of us are small light bulbs, Lord, and some of us are big light bulbs as far as the amount of light we're given off. But, Jesus, I pray today, right now, for a miracle to take place, a miracle in our hearts that will convey more power into our spirit, more revelation of that into our life. And Jesus, would you just look and examine every heart here? Lord, would you help each one of us to just humbly surrender to you in the moment? Because there isn't one thing, God, no matter how much we've been agonizing over it, that you are not ready right now, right now, to bring us to a completion in. Finish it off, Jesus. So would you take our hearts, Lord, the best we know how to give, Lord, even our confession, and sometimes even beyond that, just and open hands and saying, Lord, I'm just trying to love you in the moment. I don't know how to do it any better than just what you give to me while I'm doing it. But Jesus, I need you. Oh, I so need you, Lord. Father, right now, help us. And we love you. Let's come forward if you're feeling the Holy Spirit tugging and moving on your heart. And if there's somebody on your heart that you need to be praying for, come up and pray for them. Come up and pray for them. Isaac, go ahead and turn.